0: Hey friends, I wanted to take a couple of minutes here at the beginning of this episode to say thank you to all of you who are taking your time to listen to this podcast. This is our ninth episode and so far we have over a thousand downloads, listeners from 26 of our 50 states and two foreign countries. Wow, I'm so thankful for the brave souls who have shared and I look forward to talking to many more in 2021. As you listen, my prayer is that you see God's working in your story as well. And that you will identify your very own one thing that you know. Today I'm interviewing Ashley Wheeler. Her story is very, very personal. And it requires me to set it up with a warning to any listener who might be triggered by a story of sexual abuse. Also, if you have children around, you may want to listen at another time or put your earbuds in. I also want to set this up by reminding you that this is Ashley's story. You may or may not have a story similar to hers, and you may or may not have endured and deal with it today in similar ways. As you listen, please have grace to also remember that we're talking about years of her life and seasons of her life and condensing it all into 55 minutes. There's no way we could discuss the depths of her story here. I hope that as you listen today, you'll hear what God has redeemed already. And pray for Ashley as God continues to heal her as her journey continues. Thank you so much for listening. So Ashley Wheeler is joining me today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coming and sharing your story. I always had to think, because I always want to call you your maiden name, Ashley Mm Cottrell. And so, because I've known you. It's pretty new. It is very new. (laughs) I've known you since you were around 16, probably? Yes. I mean... A long time. Yeah. I remember you as a teenager. In our youth group, and so, and then to see you grow up and have your kiddos and now be married to this awesome man. So uh, I want you to start, we're gonna deep dive today in a certain subject that you really feel like the Lord is calling you to share, drawing drawing out of you today. And I'm so grateful. But like, can you give me the airplane view of your life? Like just an okay. overview of Ashley and And I know that's hard. I know. I know. So many things.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's so many many stories. So many stories. Right. That's the thing. Okay. Um, Airplane view. I think stereotypical is a good word for that. So I grew up um, in a home where my dad was a alcoholic and my mom struggled with what I didn't know at the time was some like, um, you know, mental and instabilities or, yeah. Struggles. Um, we're learning a lot more about that now in okay. our current relationship with my mom. But okay. uh, my parents divorced when I was ten. Um, it was it was like a violent relationship with mm. my parents. So they divorced when I was ten. We moved with friends, um, probably were homeless, lived out in the woods for a little bit. You have siblings. And then Sibler? I have. Yes, my little brother it was me and my little brother, Alan. I call him my big little brother because Aww. he's like six, three yeah. and two years younger than me. But <laughs> we were always best friends growing okay. up. Um, we found ourselves at Fable Christian School when I was in sixth grade and he was in fourth grade. Um, I graduated from Fable Christian School. Alan did a stint where he left. In seventh grade and then came back his senior year. Okay. It's totally another story.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> gonna have lots of those that we could offshoot. We could do several podcasts. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know, right? And there's so many different stories. Okay. Right. I got married at 18, shortly after my senior year started. I wow. think that was probably where I say stereotypical, didn't have a dad, mm-hmm. looking for a hero. Yeah. Uh, my ex-husband came along, uh, was the right fit at the right time. He had a great family, thought everything was gonna go wonderful. Sure. Yeah. Um, He joined the military. We got married right before he was being deployed. When he got back from Iraq, we had kids immediately. Rayleigh, that was 15 years ago. Wow. Um, Had four kids. Turns out his struggle with um, alcohol never, he just never grew out of it. Okay. So, divorced him um, in 2014. Okay. So, just kind of as soon as, you know, my little baby was old enough to be able to be in child care and not mm-hmm. be on my hip all the time is yeah. when I was able to make that happen that yeah. divorce happen and you became a full-time working yes. mama yes so Single before mama. we owned um, a business together and the kids came to work with me so I was a work with kids mom oh, and then wow. I uh, you know and then I went to work outside of the home mm. um, in banking and my whole banking Stories, another great story. So, mm-hmm. um, fast forward three years, I met my husband now, mm-hmm. Keith, at a tailgate, <laughs> <laughs> which was so fun, just so fun. Yes, um, we, you know, took our time introducing the kids, mm-hmm. falling in love. Yeah, tra- transitioning to Keith dating the family, right? And then we got married out on Hawksbill Crag uh, this past summer, and it was the most incredible experience ever COVID didn't mm. have any effect on, it on didn't. how wonderful that moment was no it was amazing
0: so the whole wedding party hiked
1: what was it 45 minutes
0: yeah it's like a mile and a half one way yeah and you hiked down in your wedding dress I did that was I planned <laughs> my dress a beast. To <laughs> oh my goodness nah. it was so beautiful and it was sweet and Man, the kids were there right by your side and crying. Yeah, and I know. I did not are, expect
1: any, ki- any tears. How old are the kiddos now? Okay. Uh, Rayleigh is 15. Okay. Ace is 12. Chase just turned 11 last week. Mm-hmm. And Avilee is nine. Wow. So y'all are constantly on the move. Yes. With sports
0: and activities yes. and school and work and all that fun stuff. Building
1: a house. We are building a house. Yeah. Also. Yeah. <laughs> Um, throw that in there yeah it's great it's it gonna be great stay as busy as possible I, know. I guess it's I beautiful know. <laughs> it's a
0: beautiful life and it's been very cool to see I don't know just you blossom Thank over you. these past few years and um, you're a very confident uh, fun woman and you're fun to be around but um today we're going to talk about a you know just a season in your life that when we talked about you know about a week ago or so Mm -hmm. about you sharing um and i asked you of all the stories that you have what is the one story that keeps coming to mind that you know that you need to share or that you that the lord wants you to share and this is that one and it's really hard yeah um it's going to be um a challenge Mm -hmm. we have prayed we know that the lord is in this and that you are certainly not the only one that has experienced this absolutely and so I know that there's freedom for you on the other side of this. There's freedom for other people as they listen to your story. Um, so let's deep dive, if you're ready, Yeah, into that um, dark time in your life. So yeah. when there, you were a
1: kiddo, Yes, let's get started there.: um, First of all, I want to say there might be some uncomfortable, really uncomfortable things mm-hmm. that I talk about when I share um anytime I have talked about this I say it's harder for people to listen to than it is for me to talk about and so I'm just kind of expressing some nervousness for anyone who might be listening
0: yeah yeah and just warning Mm -hmm. that it may trigger some
1: people and yeah just to be careful while listening Whenever I thought about what to talk about, the, the same image kept coming to my mind. And it was a memory from when I was in summer camp, we would go, my brother and I would attend a s- daytime summer camp mm-hmm. at the University of Arkansas during my elementary years. And I remember and they would it would be sports and then kind of some classroom structure. And I remember sitting in one of those classes year after year after year, and they would be bringing awareness to um, sexual abuse. Hmm. And it was very common. One in four, one in four girls are sexually abused as a child. One in four. And I just remember that one in four resonating with me. And I'd look around the room and I was like, I'm one of those four. Wow. And then there's other ones here. Mm -hmm. And they would, you know, make an available opportunity for you to talk to them or something. But I mean, I never talked to them. Right. I just knew I was one of those.
0: Mm -hmm. How old were you at that time? when you were in camp there like this is elementary age um
1: yeah elementary through middle school so I think I attended the camp probably the whole time we lived in this house with this predator okay um was it the first
0: time that you had put a label to what was happening to you um probably Probably. when they said it when they verbally said it maybe you were like that's that's what's happening to me yeah okay yeah you were making that connection at mm-hmm. that age.
1: Yeah, I was probably 11 um, when I first started attending the camp. I ent- I attended the camp through um, probably being 15, mm-hmm. maybe. I can't remember if I did it when I was 16. I might have yeah. gone then, but I definitely remember going to the camp while I was sexually abused. Okay. What ages? So I was 11 to 14. Okay. Um, and it was my mom's boyfriend who was the abuser. Mm-hmm. And until really kind of trying to prepare to talk to you about this, mm-hmm. I've always referred to it as um, I was molested as a child. It's so yeah. very uncomfortable words what it is. right? Um, but when I lived in it, I always called it messing with, that okay. term messing with. He's messing with me. Okay, He won't stop messing with me. And so that... Phrase is attached to my childhood memories yeah. of what was going on mm-hmm. okay yeah so you're 11 when it began you had moved in with him yes okay so kind of um touching on that airplane view of my life um we were essentially rescued by him I could, I could use that term. That's what it looked like at the time to anyone who knew us. Mm-hmm. We were living in the cabin in Winslow with no running water. You had to, six miles of dirt road. You had to cross four creeks to get there. And we knew that when the rain came, um, if it was going to be a heavy storm, you either had to get out right away or you'd have to wait till the creek lowered. It could mm-hmm. be two or three days before you could leave. So. Uh, we had plans to for my mom to drop us off at my dad's for whatever reason. We packed up all of our stuff. I specifically remember packing up our Nintendo, mm-hmm. and we decided to go, go to town, mm-hmm. and we didn't make it. The mm. first creek we came to, it flooded our truck. I remember water pouring oh in my. the doors. We climbed out the window onto the top of the thing. Just feels like a movie when yeah, I remember it. for real. Jumped on the hood, jumped to the bank, passing everybody all of our gear to carry, and it was a mile walk to the neighbor's oh house my. that had a phone. It is like a movie. yeah wow and so he came and rescued us my mom's boyfriend or I don't know if they were at the time anyway Mm -hmm. he came and brought us to his home and we never left Mm. we slowly kind of integrated as more of a family unit over the years first we were just kind of crashing on the couch as kids yeah and then we ended up getting our own bedrooms
0: Mm -hmm. okay so from so until you were 14 you lived with him yes and that entire time
1: yes and we went to Winslow School, and then that's where my mom put us into Fayetteville Christian School, my sixth grade year, which was the most incredible thing okay. that could have happened to my brother and I. Why? Um, my living living life was a constant... Um, when I think about that part of my childhood, I just think it was just this constant like struggle uh, because anytime I was home, I was being chased or um followed i was being groped or grabbed or um i mean you couldn't sit still i'd be changing in my room and he'd be out of the window peering in mm. um watching me i couldn't take a shower without being bothered i couldn't um i mean it was just my body was constant um subject for mm. you know his attention mm-hmm. just every and I'm developing mm. as a young woman, and mm. that was very much his attention was yeah. drawn to my developmental self as a little girl mm. turning into a woman. Um, but there was no rest at home. No. no I would I would ask my brother to help mm. distract. he had no idea right. you know i'd'd I'd try to make sure I was with him in the room right. Um, I would beg my friends to stay the night, or beg to stay the night at their houses. Mm-hmm. And luckily, their parents. I just look back and I'm like, I don't know if I would let my kid go to this right. girl's house with her mom and her boyfriend. But, right. um He wouldn't mess with me when anyone else was there. Okay. And the Lord was gracious in allowing these mamas to let their daughters mm-hmm. come stay at my house. Mm-hmm. And it, as a protective buffer, it protected me. Yeah. Um. As much as as much as possible. Hmm. Um. And he he used to slap Alan and I's butts. He, you know, very loud, like boy locker room, mm. funny slap butt. And mm. so, whenever it, whenever I was trying to cry out for help without right. really crying out for help, I would I would tell my mom or tell my brother. It really bothers me when he slaps yeah. my butt. But I mean, it never really stopped. Mm. Yeah, that was just that's why Fable Christian was my safe haven. Yeah, it was my my place where people love me and people mm-hmm. didn't
0: yeah where you could feel a little bit of normalcy oh yeah a little bit I could of rest re- yeah I could rest, rest. Mm. that's a good way to put it
1: how uh did it come to an end um I I confess to my mom I should kind of say I think a common question is why didn't you tell anyone yeah, sure you know right yeah so um I mean, there's all kinds of reasons. Yeah, because it seems so logical in our
0: adult minds to say, why would you not say something? Mm -hmm. But as a child, what are your thoughts as a kid? What can you remember remembering? Uh, I mean, all of it.
1: It was definitely threatening. No one will believe you. Um, He was saying those words. He would threaten me. Yes. Like he would tell me, no one would believe you. uh, you're, you know, you're, you're, it's really not that bad. Mm. Like, this is, this is more normal than you think. And he would bribe me. Um, mm. I remember having a big boom box with a tape player and there'd be cash stuffed in the tape cassette holder. Wow. And that was my hush money. Wow. And I took it and spent it. I yeah. mean, I, and I didn't say kid. anything. Yep. Right. Um. And I knew that prior to living here in mm. this, home mm-hmm. that was the most normal that i had had wow since i was probably eight yeah, i don't know since my parents were married mm-hmm. i don't know how old i was but um i i didn't know where we'd go mm-hmm. would we move back out to winslow Would right. I have to leave fable christian school yeah. would i um you know where my mom can she handle us yeah what would she what would happen if she knew mm-hmm. what would where my brother be sure you felt like, like
0: the role of the protector Yes. Which is certainly not the role for a child, but right. that was what you took on yourself. Yeah, I
1: didn't know what would happen. Yeah.
0: So yeah. I'll take this for the
1: team. Yeah. I'll, I'll be the one that takes this and For sure. I can't I can't ruin their lives. Like mm. I can't I can't that we don't we don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. And I think I knew, even though I didn't know, looking back now I see how my mom's capability to take care of us was Limited, and sure. so she relied on us being there and yeah. that stability. Yeah, it was stability for her. Yeah, I used to pray that and beg him to marry my mom because I think that would make it stop. Right, but it was never in the cards, no, and she and it was, wouldn't have. She wasn't able to take care of us. No, but I confessed one day we were actually leaving his parents. We had gathered for dinner or something it was January and it was icy outside and um I remember confessing to my mom and for some reason we were the only two in the car I don't Mm -hmm. know why and it's a long drive it was like from Little Flock to Fayetteville Mm -hmm. so I I confessed to her and she did the right thing and my probably the hardest thing she's ever done is She never made me enter that house again. Wow. I never went back from that moment, standing in the ice for hours, crying while she's in there confronting him. Wow. Um, He denied it. Um, Yeah. Mm. She brought me out of that house, and we went and stayed with my aunt and uncle. Wow. And they went and got my stuff a little bit at a time. Okay. Credit to her that she did
0: the right thing, Mm -hmm. because a lot of parents don't. Right. So that's very good, that even though she didn't recognize it, and- Wish that she would have, yep, and stepped in way, way sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, that when you spoke those words, that you were
1: heard. Yes, wow. Yes, it has a lot of effect on her. To, to this day, she still brings it up, and how you know she feels terrible that it happened. And yeah. I think it changed her too. Yeah, changed an element of of her of who sure. she was. I can't imagine right as a parent yeah. how to handle that.
0: Mm, it is so terrible where um i feel like i have to ask this
1: were any charges yes. brought to him yes okay. there was um there was definitely uh attorneys involved and the Good. state was involved and Good. um he ultimately was got a really light sentencing mm. because i just remember the attorneys telling me that you know we can go to court and then you have to describe you have to describe his body parts and you have to describe mm. what all these Cashly. things were that happened. And mm. I was up for it, but they told me, like, your mom can't handle this. Wow. And the attorneys told you that. Oh, wow. Your mom can't handle going in front of the judge and facing him and doing this. And and it was kind of in those moments that I realized, like, the Lord allowed this to happen to me because I could handle it, because it's not going to wreck my life or ruin my life. Mm. Um, and I think knowing that my mom couldn't, Was more evidence to me that, um, you know, the Lord, I don't know, like allows certain things to happen to certain people because He equips them differently. Oh, okay,
0: that's a lot to unpack, and I know, I mean, even okay, you can think of a lot of things in life that you can say, okay, I can see how God could work in that, even though it's hard, or even though. Child molestation, child abuse is not one of them that I can wrap my brain around. <laughs> right. And so I want to do I know that Romans 828 is true? Absolutely, that God works through all things. Right. Um, and so we have to go back to you. We live in a very fallen world right. where our hearts are full of wickedness. Whether right. we like to acknowledge that fact or not, without Jesus, our hearts are wicked, desperately wicked, the Bible says. Um, So we know that that is in the heart of people, but this perverseness is so hard to, I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you about it. Of course, you know this. So I want you to unpack a little bit about reconciling that with, was God there? Did you see? What do I do with that? You know, all those things that, I think people who haven't experienced wrestle with. So tell me about your experience, because this is your life. right? How do you deal with this with the Lord? Of course, probably not at 14, but like as you've grown, as you've. Yeah. Tell me, where was God in all of this?
1: I think, honestly, honestly, um, there's probably two, you know, two different stages to kind of talk about here. But when I was going through it, the Lord was very present with me oh, wow! the whole time. Talk about that. Um, um, I just like you mentioned, the world is evil. Mm-hmm. So this man had this evil intention. Yeah, but the Lord, um, never allowed. I I claim I give him the glory that for, for, it never went to the extreme of rape. Mm. Okay, mm. um, which is a whole another a whole another topic yeah. about but the lord was always present with me and i always gave him credit for um and i was always aware of his intervention whether it was the friend staying the night or or, or me having people at fable christian school like mm-hmm. there was different people in my life or different c- scenarios that even as a even as a kid going through it i recognized the lord was with me wow okay when you're going okay. th- for example when you're going through anything hard yeah. just i know that this is a specifically perverse but when right. you're going through anything hard um a lot of us are developing or have developed the ability to find the strength from the Lord in whatever portholes He gives us yeah, at the time. Right, like this is just hard. Yeah, it's but his He's grace. with me. It's His grace, right? And yeah. I, I can I can feel like even when I was a girl going through it, I could see His grace mm. while I was going through it. Wow, um, okay,
0: that's profound. I mean that that in and of itself is. I mean, would you say or at that time did, did you know the Lord? Yes. Okay, so you had a relationship with Jesus. And so, what I'm saying is, you could recognize his presence. You mm-hmm. could recognize his intervention. Yeah, like you said.
1: Yes, I, I I came to know the Lord when I was 13. Okay, um, but I was I was very aware of him prior to that, and wow. I can't tell you yeah. why. Yeah, I wasn't raised in a very strict home. I was right. a, I was a church bus kid. Okay, we got shipped off on the bus on Sunday mornings and yeah. looked forward to it. Yeah. that's my to the Baptist church there yeah. in Rogers. It's another Robert. escape. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it was, that was my influence. Okay. That ministry. Gotcha. Was how the Lord, those were the seeds planted. Yeah. So that I was aware of the Lord before I came to him. Absolutely.
0: So when they're telling you as a child, the Lord sees you, he loves you. I believe all these things. You took that to heart.
1: Yeah. And maybe I was really eager to believe it because I had nothing else. Maybe. Yeah. I mean,
0: and held on to it. But for whatever it's worth, the Lord made sure that that stuck with you. Yes. In your heart. Yes. Seed planted. Yes. You came to know him at 13. Mm -hmm. You shed light on this at 14. Mm
1: -hmm. And so... Yeah. I mean, even in that time, even... I don't remember if it was before or after I came to the loot. I definitely was struggling with suicide. I definitely was struggling with... um, Looking for a way out. Looking for a way out, running away. Yeah. Whatever I could do to get away from the circumstances. And maybe that's, you know, as I started to develop, maybe that's why I ended up finally confessing. Like it was just wrong and then as after it happened you know struggling with the fact that it had happened those when as you grow and you learn more yeah you learn more about what other people think mm-hmm. and how other people respond yeah and then maybe I should respond that way
0: mm. maybe okay.
1: maybe I'm not responding correctly to what happened oh okay so what do you mean like, um, can you give me
0: a for instance in um, how people respond
1: yeah, like did you
0: come out and start telling a lot of people? No, did you just tell close one or friends. two? Okay. So yeah. close friends you were sharing yeah. with. And mm-hmm. so what was their response?
1: Um they were I don't remember much, but maybe empathetic. I think there was a lot of what's the one where people can't relate but they're sorry for you. Sympathetic. sympathetic. Right. People were very sympathetic. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I never struggled with that. Yeah. Um so you, everybody believed you. Yeah, It wasn't like there wasn't that you were lying never felt or like making any, it up. Anyone didn't believe me. I okay. mean, there were people. There were some people who didn't believe me. Yeah, And then later on, as I grew, I found out there were times where my mom didn't believe me. And there okay. was times my aunt didn't believe me. And there was times where, you know, different people thought I was just doing it for attention. And mm-hmm. all the stereotypes around right. something like that. What typically can happen. Yeah. Um, and then struggling as probably a younger kid maybe even a newlywed like 17 18 19 maybe 16 17 18 19 like well i wasn't raped so it wasn't bad enough um this Mm. it i don't it doesn't really count for me because it wasn't to this extreme you're thinking this not people
0: necessarily implying it right yeah
1: wow so wow. when you read about things or hear about girls being abused, it was so much worse. So my story doesn't count, and I think that's when the the, the enemy began to yeah. tell me that this story will not bring glory to God. Like this is just shame. Let's go ahead and just hide it. Yeah, act like it didn't happen. Yeah, because when it when it first came out, when we were going through it, and I remember kind of telling my that that time frame where it became public ish yeah. with the judges and or the attorneys and my friends I remember thinking the lord's going to use this he's going to use mm-hmm. this i'm going to be somebody who can have an impact on little girls who've wow. gone through this yep. and then it just kind of got quiet mm. and quiet and quieter mm. and
0: maybe even them not prosecuting the way that they should have also gave me yeah. that i mean maybe that was yeah. the first indication like well it wasn't bad enough to prosecute so it must not have been that bad right uh, maybe that was the first big you know jab yeah. at that. Yeah which I mean it is horrific. Right. It's traumatizing. It is as bad as it gets. I mean it's terrible. It's a terrible thing that should never happen to any child. Right. And man, it just seems like that wasn't communicated in that way with the law enforcement, mm-hmm. you know, with with the people that should have prosecuted. I mean I know that, you know, there's all kinds of things that we don't know or don't understand about that, but I do understand that how that could initially send you on that journey of, well, it wasn't bad enough to do this, right? And so, and then, you know, maybe people just say, "I'm so sorry and then mm-hmm. go on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and your your brain is still developing at this point, and then you get married, and this that whole relationship throws things into healing or wounds or whatever, you know, that intimacy. Mm-hmm. Is hard mm-hmm. because those wounds that are there that are still hurting, but haven't been dealt with. Yeah. So, yeah, you yeah. just kept going, and yeah. kind of um, did it get less and less? Did it continue to fester? Did you not? And you just say, "I'm fine. There, it's no big deal." It, you know. I mean, like, what did you
1: tell yourself? I, you know, I, um. I think, uh, I don't, uh, when I thought about telling this story, when the Lord put this on my heart, there's no like, well, a story has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. (laughs) Right. And I can't come up with like the the, the ribbon on top of this one to make it. um, Perfectly tied up? I can't tie it up at all. I mean, it's. Something like that is something you're gonna deal with yeah. um I don't feel victimized by it okay I feel like the Lord's healed me from that okay. and and I think um there's probably different things I've gone through in mm-hmm. life to mm-hmm. help me decide that I don't have to be a victim mm. yes um I think that what I can share is the importance of if facing traumatic incidences in your life. Okay. That's,
0: yes. That's where I was hoping that you would get to. Because, like, I think so many times we just put it aside and act like it never happened. Right. So how do you do that? Like, because th- th- it was one thing after another for you. Right. Your whole life. Yeah. Right? This yeah, is yeah, just yeah. one. This is just part of it. This is just a big one. It's a huge one. Right. So... As you're filtering through it all. And again, like you said, you're probably still going to be mm-hmm. for the rest of your days, like in some way. It's a part of who I am. Right. It's a part of your story. Um, how does it not make you become a victim? How do you acknowledge it in a way that is healthy or, um, you know, that it doesn't take over your life, but it right. is acknowledged and you're working through it and processing it or whatever. So
1: yeah I think that um the way that I have not maybe let it control my life is um recognizing that I have weaknesses like um I'm going to you know kind of be looking at looking over my shoulder, mm-hmm. there might be some you know, mm-hmm. I'll watch the windows, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and I'm not paranoid, yeah, um, and I choose not to be paranoid, right, because I think that it would be easy to be Mm -hmm. paranoid Mm -hmm. Um, and then learning to learning and allowing God to um, what am I going to say? Learning to, I mean, it's basically love myself because really what this, what the biggest impact that this did for me is it may, I was, my body existed for, um, for people to look or touch or mm-hmm. want to use for their own satisfaction. And yeah. then my marriage didn't help with that. So like yeah. coming to the terms that I am more than just my body okay. was something that I had to face from even being a child. Yeah. So I think that it's as simple as acknowledging the fact mm-hmm. that I have believed that, yeah. and I have been in uh, relationships where that was the case. Right, does not define me. Okay, and I think coming to terms with the fact that yes, I have th- th- had feelings a certain way. Right, I've had thoughts that this was the case. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that that's detrimental. Recognizing right. that it's not true. Yeah, recognizing that um, I I'm a child of God. Yeah um and that his purpose for me mm. is way different than what and recognizing that's the enemy that's and i right. think it, it takes a lot of self-talk and it takes a lot of prayer mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of lord remove those thoughts from me right and reveal to me the truth about you i i can't say that elements of something like that or a lot of people have experienced a lot of things that shape the way they think yeah and you have to counter those almost constantly yeah and there's times where thoughts pop in my head or memories pop in my head, right. and it's it's almost physical, okay. pushing them away, okay. and knowing that that's not truth, right? Um, so I think that's the only way I can say that you know recovery mm-hmm. is found mm-hmm. is it's if it's very much, um, you know, active. It's yeah. active
0: yeah. work, right? Oh man, there's so much in that, Ashley. It is, you know, and I think there's so many uh, stages of this process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, grief, right? So you have to grieve that little girl, and you, (laughs) at that time, losing so much innocence. Um, you know, there's anger. There, you know, it's like the stages of grief that you go through, and And then, you know, like you said, realizing that it is a part of your story. Is it one that you wish that you didn't have? Absolutely. Um, But coming to a place where it doesn't have power over you Mm -hmm. um, is only God's doing. Right. There's no other explanation for that because that is, it's crippling, you know, in so many ways. Yeah and like you said not to say that it doesn't affect you and it doesn't right. those flashbacks don't happen those memories are there we wish that they would be erased right. you know automatically yeah. when we come to the lord but it's like he teaches us on our journey how to how to walk with him in right. it and continually give that back to him and so i think so many times women are ashamed to share these stories it's embarrassing to talk about. It's
1: hard. Yeah, and my husband made a statement. He's like, this is not a story that this part might need to be edited out <laughs> okay. and not say yeah. that my husband said this. Okay. I, I'll take your discernment. But, okay. um, that this isn't a story that you tell that people afterwards think better of you. Mm. Um, wow. Like, this is going to change how people think about you. Okay. It's not one that's pretty it's not a pretty one
0: by any means. I do think you know, there are the bow stories. I think there's so few and far between. You know, everybody wants that story where you can wrap it up and it's yeah. neat. Yes. This is not going to be neat. I mean, there's no way that there's a neat ending, right? Right.
1: What were you going to say? Um, <laughs> okay, this might be you visibly I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to interrupt. No, go ahead. Um, but I I just want to talk about my revelation with Moses, Oh, Yes, and this and it came into conclusion with this. Okay, talk, praying about talking about this, and then Donnie preaching on it probably three weeks ago, two weeks ago now. Okay, um, I've always struggled with Moses in the life of Moses because okay. I've always my little airplane view of Moses is wow, I followed the Lord's call and He's going to help me. I'm going to deliver these people and I'm going to lead these people and it's really hard and it's really hard. Oh, I messed up and now I'm not going to see the promised land and and I die yeah uh, where's and the happy like, ending that there sucks. why do i want to be that's like Moses? the worst right this is not encouraging how <laughs> right. am i supposed to find any hope in this right. story right and then like Donnie, if we, if we mess up
0: one time then we don't yeah, see the promised that's land what like, wow um <laughs> right
1: he worked really really hard and 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 really served the lord and loved the lord yes and, um and i know there's nuggets there i can follow but um donnie he didn't even say it that way, but he was talking about Moses and talking about how all the, I think it was just the general assumption that the whole story of um, probably the Old Testament mm-hmm. is pointing you to Jesus. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I've known this the whole time, but ding, ding, <laughs> ding, nothing to do with Moses.
0: <laughs> the, this is just- Moses s- does not represent me, no. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> it's just, well, all that happened, but Jesus. Right. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah like Jesus. Yes, like Titus said. Exactly. All stories a, have Yeah,
0: there's always a good ending with Jesus. That's right. It's so true. Yeah. And that Moses is a picture of Christ yes. in that story that we, you know, we always try to insert ourselves in there. Yes. <laughs> so true. It's so true. And it, yeah, that is so true. But Moses lived a real life. He was a real person. He lived a really hard existence, yes. life. It pointed to Christ, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it absolutely pointed to Christ. And I'm sure in his life, he would have said, man, I wish that wouldn't have happened. I wish that, you know, would have happened differently. Right? Wish I'd have made this choice or that choice, and I wish those people wouldn't have been th- done this to me. And it's the same with you and I. Like, right. never more than when we walk through hard times does do our stories, you know, the Bible come to life, right? right? And we realize, man, I wish that wouldn't have happened to you, yeah. Ashley. I wish, but when you share it, it it doesn't have a bow it's not happy ever after but it it does especially with you speaking it is like wow there is power in that testimony like because i mean for the simple fact that it doesn't define you right it doesn't jesus defines you that's right it not sexual abuse not anything that you've been through in your life is who you are right you are a christ follower he defines who you are and that is confident and full of him and you know, all these things that he brings to your life. And so it is that's a great point. And but but that's why I love that you came and shared because mm-hmm. I'm like that's what people need to hear, right? Because we all get discouraged if we hear the happily ever after stories all the time because it's not always the case. Mm-mm.
1: No, I mean in
0: situations with sin that mm-hmm. are just twisted, right, and broken. Yeah.
1: And um I, yeah, I definitely think that you're, you know, that specific experience had bearing on decisions I made as a kid, as mm-hmm. a young adult, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and then you have to live with those, right? It has consequences.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like for you to talk to two different people in in maybe the person who is being victimized. Okay, speak to that first if you will. Like if somebody was listening to this, they're, you know, in a place of where you were in that confusion and they are being victimized, no matter what that looks like, what would you speak to them?
1: It's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay coming to the terms with the fact that it's not okay is huge mm. Because if you're living in it, whether it's sexual abuse from a predator or um, abuse from a spouse or you know friend, mm-hmm. coworker, it's not okay. it's not okay to be treated that way. It don't let it define you mm-hmm. and know that you, have the power in the Lord to change your circumstances, mm. um, and it may not be the big picture change that you want. Because sometimes when you're you're in the middle of it, all you can see is the walls around you, and the only way that the walls around you aren't there is if you're in Hawaii, right? And your surroundings are completely different. But the Lord can reveal to you different ways to change your surroundings, mm-hmm. different responses. Um People in your life that can help. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here without people in my life that help me.
0: right? And that's who I want you to talk to you next is those, whether it's parents, whether mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, people that are at church or schools. How do we help? What do we see that maybe we haven't seen? I mean, I know that's a that's a big thing. That's a broad brush, yeah. but what just comes to mind
1: that we can do? I find myself extremely sensitive to um, you know, feeling whether or not something's uneasy or mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to go to the extreme. Of no, but you can paranoia, pick up on things. Pick up on things. Yeah. And I think um sometimes it's as simple as, you know, a phone call or mm-hmm. a hug or interrupting, you know. Um I don't know. You you get if you get mm-hmm. I feel like if I get bad va- bad vibes, I'll yep. think of a reason to talk to somebody. Okay. That's in that situation. Yep. I don't know. I mean, no, I think that's super
0: wise, especially for believers, because God gives us discernment, yeah. and so if we feel something to to allow I mean to be used by the Lord mm-hmm. in whatever way that is, right, whether it's Laps on it,
1: just asking somebody, are you okay? yep, and maybe being blunt, yes, and I've had so many people do that in my life just be like, Hey, the Lord told me to talk to you wow and If someone tells you that the Lord told them to talk to you, then you should probably talk to them. Right. I mean, I get that you might want to protect yourself and whatever you're dealing with, but... But it may be an out. Yeah. A a hand. Yes. And um, as a parent, um, Keith and I, we have really adopted this mentality of... Making sure we're available for our, our our kids and our kids' friends. Okay. So I think that just looks like, um, you know, with Rayleigh's friends, talking to them, mm-hmm. open convert, you know, just being available for mm-hmm. them to talk to us. Yeah. Uh, being involved in their lives. Right. I think that's huge. Yes. I think if I was closer to my mom, I would have told her sooner. Sure. We were never close. Sure. Um, so that's something, because it may not be, your kid that's going through it, but it could be a friend yeah, of oh, your absolutely. kid that's you were going through it. I was the friend. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, there may be, you may need to be that parent that, trust the Lord's discretion on this, And um, but you may be that parent that when that kid stays night at your house, they're being protected. Mm. You don't know. And I... If it weren't for all those parents who let their kid their daughter stay with me or let yeah. me stay with them yeah I would not i don't i don't i don't I don't think it I would have been the same right so yeah. I think and then to any one who is going through it um just know that it doesn't define you mm. or has been through it decided not to talk about it too scared to talk about it um that's hard too because yeah. a lot of people will never talk about it, right? Because they lock it up and they yep. don't. I was talking to my one of my really good girlfriends, and this was the craziest thing. Okay, and it's really hard to swallow, and it was both of us hard for us to talk about it. Mm. But um, she said, "You know, abused people abuse, and that's what you hear. Yeah, abused people abuse. Yeah. so we were both." there um, we t- and we and we knew each other at the time but we both found ourselves in a situation with I was abused so now I'm gonna be an abuser mm. and I just had a new baby mm. like I don't know I'm, I'm I'm afraid of myself right for being a parent like what yeah. what's right and what what's am I wrong? capable of what am I capable yeah, of right and that was a huge Ooh. thing that I think a, the, the fact that both of us had thought that yeah and had feared that for our, from our own selves, yeah. And had, had had to take that to the Lord. Yes. Like, wow. There's nothing I can. do, We both on our own mm. just now telling about it. 14, 15 years later. Like, I know there's a lot of other people who for feel sure. that way and struggle with thoughts like that. For sure. And those, um, you just have to give them to the Lord. Yes. That's that is so not vulnerable.
0: true. That's so vulnerable. Thank you for sharing that because that's that is the depth. That we go to, right? That's the that's a scary place that so many people are in because because of that, right? Because of that twistedness that's happened to them. I mean, it's not their fault, right? But of course, that's going to be your, you know, your thought yeah. and the enemy constantly, yes, trying to warp your thoughts, right?
1: Yes, you have to address those things. You can't ignore them, though. Mm-hmm. You have to say, this is not me. Yeah, I'm a child of God. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And renewed in him, you're a new person, Mm -hmm. a new creation. Mm -hmm. You are, um, you know, all those visible verses that we can see and those promises that are to us as his children. Right. um, That when people are living in wickedness, they do not, you know, they operate in the sinful flesh. And so just speaking truth to yourself. And I find that it's so true, like to know each other's stories and, you know, be able to speak truth to each other, just like that friend did for you and you did for her. Like, you're like, wait, you thought that too? Wait, what? Yes. (laughs) And then there's nothing like somebody speaking that to you, like verbalizing those words of truth. And it's so powerful because when we're in our own head, man, stuck stuck on a crazy cycle yes for sure so i think it's so powerful so to those that haven't shared even just to one person it doesn't have to be a podcast that's so scary right (laughs) but if it's just saying it to one person a counselor yes a trusted friend you know somebody that they know is not going to be judgmental but just speaking that out loud can Set them
1: free. Right. So true. Um, and even somebody who might already know, um, counselor, yes. amazing. Yes. I highly recommend that Absolutely. everyone sees a counselor yep. because life is just me too weird and hard. <laughs> right. So put it on the calendar. Yes. Add it add a line on the budget. Like yeah. it's worth it. Right. Um, talking to people who already knew know about it because my friend and I had talked about this before we were aware that we both went through this wow. maybe years ago. But you never know what new developments could happen because you've changed mm-hmm. you know in a year's time yeah. you've gained more wisdom and knowledge sure. and been through different experiences so even talking about it again yeah has been helpful and then my husband is amazing and mm-hmm. he he you know I was protecting him and not talking about it for wow. a long time and because I kept saying that same thing it's a lot harder to hear than it is for me to talk about yeah and he was just like we really need to set some time to mm-hmm. talk about this wow and he made it a priority for me to talk to him about it. Huge. And it, it was so huge because now there's no underlying. So That's if right. I'm like looking out the window yeah. or if I get a weird feeling, yeah. he trusts me. That's right. And he understands. Right. So um, I think if if you've been through this and you yeah. confess to your mom and you haven't talked to her about it in 10 years, yeah. it might be good to talk about it again. Wow. Um, it's, it's, it is hard for people to hear. And if you're that person who's been told about it, mm-hmm. then... You know, ask the Lord for strength to listen again. That's right. To and check in, check in,
0: check in on them. I really just think it's a one-time thing because
1: mm-hmm. you're just as we're doing this. I feel like um, any power that Satan has on mm-hmm. that experience right. is just—it's just evaporating. That's right. You know, as we talk about it, and right. I just—you told me I would. Yeah, you told me it'd be freeing, and I it feel is. it in this moment. Yeah, it Lord absolutely it. is. He does because you know he his.
0: Ploy. One of his few tricks is secrecy, and hidden things, and when they remain hidden, it continues to haunt us and um, hurt us. Mm-hmm. And Jesus comes to set us free. And again, it's not to broadcast to the whole world, but at least getting it out, right? right? That you're not carrying it alone, right? And especially in this weird time that we're in of COVID and yes. you know isolation and. Um, Ugh, just the whole world is crazy, but those things, it seems to me that in people's lives are getting more and more hard to carry by themselves. And so I'm glad, I'm thankful that you are speaking this, and it is encouraging. I know that it is encouraging to those that will hear it, and hard, right? Not yeah. that it's like, oh, yay, I'm encouraged, and I want to go tell everybody. It's like, ugh, a kind of a gut punch, right? and like I know I need to. And so, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's not letting the enemies cast the shadows over it. That's right. And you're like,
0: so true. I just, yeah, man. Okay, what is the one thing that you know through all of this?
1: This is so cool. (laughs) Um, I had been looking for words. I've been looking to put this one thing I know in a sentence and mm-hmm. struggling with that. And I was looking to for scripture and the Lord to reveal something to me. And he he just spoils us sometimes. Yes, he does. And he <laughs> took the the this one thing I know and put it at an alert on my phone what? for my daily verse. <laughs> I I've never really dwelt on this verse before. I know that there's a lot of awesomeness in 1 John, but oh, wow. um, I'm going to read it because okay. I haven't memorized it yet, okay. but um, it popped up. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Like I've always known mm. that the Lord was with me, and I don't really have anything else to say, um, but this one thing I know is that God is with me, and that's from 1 John 4, 15. And, I'm wow. spoiled that is so cool <laughs> <laughs>
0: that he's with you today that he was with you then yes and he will be with you no matter what yes. comes
1: yes man it's incredible yes He is incredible
0: mm-hmm. and he's with us that's right and the fact that you can say that with all that you've been through the highs and lows is testament it's a testimony yes so thank you for sharing yours yes Proud of you. (laughs) Mmm, so good. Girl, so good, right? You just did it. There's a saying that is spoken often as a truth in Christian circles that says, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. I want to counter that today with God doesn't give you more than you can handle, the enemy does. We have a very real enemy who, that in Ashley's story, tried to ruin her life with sexual abuse, among other things. Jesus says in John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that you may have life and might have it abundantly. Also in John 16.33, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take courage, I have overcome the world. Whatever you're up against today, whatever arrow the enemy has thrown your way to try to steal from you or destroy you, remember, our overcomer is Jesus. And He has come to earth and desires to come into your life and whatever situation you find yourself in and give you life, abundant life. He is the only overcomer. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you'd like to know more about the Greek family or other ministries of Vertical Community Church, visit verticalnwa.org.